Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are picking up where we left off with King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. We ended at the end of the King chapter last week. And we're coming on to one of my favorites in this book, something that I think all men need to get in touch with. And it's probably the biggest problem that guys have is this fear of embracing some of the just aggression that comes with being a man. Um, and obviously there are good ways to harness this energy and bad ways to do this. But to, to throw it all away is the reason why people have problems in their lives. So let's get started. So this, uh, this chapter spends a lot of time talking about all of the different cultures around the world and how uh, the majority of them share in common various warrior classes. Take some time talking about Egypt and India, the Aztecs, and you can go on and on with uh, various cultures and traditions that were sort of based in this warrior energy. But the, the big part to take from that, as far as our purposes here today go, is that this is something that has to be worked with and can't be thrown aside, and it can't be avoided. It is inherent to being a person that you're just going to have some aggressive energy, and the key is figuring out how to channel this correctly. Now, obviously, we're not talking about just rage with no thought. Uh, and We'll get to that when we get to the positive and shadow aspect. But the willingness to use force, to be assertive, is we're going to separate you from all the other dudes in the world who just sort of let things either A, pass them by, or B, they're just so passive, uh, especially in dating, where they just expect women to every to do everything because they don't want to be, quote-unquote, one of those guys, even though women don't want you to have them fucking do everything. And then we end up with the same problem over and over again, where either A, you end up in a relationship... Not on a tangent. You, a, you end up in a relationship with a random bossy chick who's probably more in her masculine than you, uh, which, of course, because if she approached you and started the relationship, she was playing the masculine in the first place. So you being nice was just her thinking that that passive way about you was the way that you are. Now, this isn't saying that women can't lead things. That's not my intent. What I am saying is that the 80-20 rule basically applies in everything, and they do not want to have to take the lead on everything because you will never do it. All right, so directly from the book here, the characteristics of the warrior in his fullness amount to a total way of life, what the samurai called Do. These characteristics constitute the warrior's dharma, ma'at or Tao, a spiritual or psychological path through life. We have already mentioned aggressiveness as one of the warrior's characteristics. Aggressiveness is a stance towards life that rouses, energizes, and motivates. It pushes us to take the offensive and to move out of defensive or holding patterns aka doing the same shit that you've always done and expecting your life to be any different, right? This helps you engage your life uh, in the only way that's ever going to make any changes, which is you taking steps towards what you need to do. All of that comes from uh, the warrior here. Now, the difference between the warrior energy in its fullness and the hero, the boy energy that this evolves out of, is that the hero does not understand his uh, limitations where he is actually deficient in 
Now he is brave and willing to take chances, but they're not calculated and thusly when he fails, he fails big. The warrior is more discerning, uh, understands his strengths and weaknesses, and applies those strengths in places where they can make the most impact. It is my opinion that you should take the time to show up some of your glaring weaknesses, but other things can just be, frankly, given to someone else to do in a business context or just ignored depending on what the deficiency is. There's going to be some things that you need to learn a baseline in, like if you're really shitty with money, but you're good at earning it, uh, no amount, you're not going to earn your way out of that pit. You're just going to golden handcuff yourself. Like as you make more money, you're never going to learn how to save unless you'll just continue to spend more money. So those types of skill deficiencies need to be fixed. But if you know, you're really good at, let's say sales, talking to people, you're not good with the technical aspect, you only need to know enough of a technical aspect to talk to people about the product. After that, I would just leave that for someone else to do. Also with the discerning that uh, shows the warrior where his strengths and weaknesses are, these things allow you to pivot. So just because like you have a goal at the end, but the way that you get there isn't always super important. So if the goal is to make X amount of dollars at a company, then if you have to pivot from one company to another company to get what you want, that's what you should do. Don't continue to bang your head against the wall, right? When there is a path of less resistance to get to your ultimate end goal. Now, like the Stoics, uh, many warrior traditions had an aspect where one was to be made more comfortable with the idea that you are going to die at some point and not let that depress you, but to spur you into further action and not spending so much of your life doing things that you don't really care about. Most of us go through our lives every day and either A, you might be just going through the motions. I go to this job to work this thing and then maybe in the future it's going to be better. Uh, the future is going to look exactly what your life looks like now unless you start making changes, one. But two, no one really knows uh, when you're going to die. So it is best to spend the time that you have, especially with good health, doing things that are important to you. Uh, you never know. You could get in the car to go to work that day, and that'll be the last time that you get in the car to go there. So, like, you should really be taking tiny steps towards your ultimate goals overall, right? Like, and understand that you are perfect and that there's nothing wrong with you. I love you if nobody else loves you. But two, that you are also a work in progress and to be able to hold both of those ideas in mind. And that really you're never, ever going to just arrive one day and feel better. You're always going to move the goalposts once you get a new goal, and that's fine. That's what humans do. Uh, you continue to go up and up and up. You want to learn more, do more, be more, at least in one aspect of your life. So just take tiny steps every day, and as long as you took that step, be happy, right? It is dedicated practice over time that's going to get you the results that you want out of your life. All of this comes out of an understanding that aggression is a part of being a man, Hell, if not just a part of human nature and to learn how to harness that energy in a positive manner is going to be much better for you than just trying to throw the whole damn thing out because you don't want to run around beating people or assaulting random people in the street, which is apparently a fucking thing lately. You have to understand that accessing any energy or taking part of any activity, uh, knowledge is knowledge and what you t decide to do with that thing that ability, that skill is what makes it good or bad, not the energy or the activity itself. Uh, from the book here, the warrior energy is concerned with skill, power, and accuracy with control, both inner and outer, psychological 
and physical. Taking the daily steps to become a master of one's own self and then taking that mastery once you get your own house in order, right? And then affecting the people around you in a positive way. From the book here, unlike the hero's actions, the warrior's actions are never overdone, never dramatic for the sake of drama. The warrior never acts to reassure himself that he is as potent as he hopes he is. The warrior never spends more energy than he absolutely has to. He understands his limitations and then acts accordingly. The complete opposite from someone who feels the need to brag all the time or only does things because they want to impress people, not because they actually want to do those things. A man able to access this energy has a positive mental attitude, according to the book. I'm going to say at least neutral, right? No one wants to hear you complain about the same things over and over again. If we're talking about solutions to your problem, great. Let's talk about those things all day. If we're just complaining to complain, I, I can't listen to that all fucking day. And no one wants to be around someone who is negative all the time. Self-responsibility also comes with taking care of your mental state, doing the things that you need to do so at least you aren't being negative and at the very least can be uh, neutral when speaking with people. This also means you take responsibility for your actions. If you did something, you don't put it off on someone else and say, I did it because he told me to. You are ultimately in charge of yourself and any action that you choose to take, regardless of some consequence that someone decided to put on you or said they would put on you, if you didn't do it, is still your fault. You are responsible for the actions and the, uh, the things that come, consequences from the things that you do. From the book, the warrior energy also shows what we can call a transpersonal commitment. His loyalty is, some, is to something, a cause, a god, a people, a task, a nation, larger than individuals. And it is through this commitment to something outside of you, uh, bigger than just your own personal needs, that allows you to channel this sort of energy in a way that's uh, positive for the community. Uh, also helps you rise above petty ego squabbles where you're not willing to let someone who is legitimately better than you take the limelight, the spotlight in something because you're worried about how it will affect your reputation. You do what's best for the community that you are devoted to, not always what is best for yourself. Now, we're not preaching self-sacrifice for self-sacrifice's sake here. Your goals and the community's goals or whatever task you're doing should be aligned because otherwise why do them? But if you're going to get anywhere as a group or go anywhere really far, you're going to, it's going to take a team effort. And the only way you're going to be willing to let somebody else uh, do things and you not hog all the limelight is that if you understand that the goal is what's most important, not my personal uh, glory out of this situation. From the book, the warrior's loyalty then and his sense of duty are to something beyond and other than himself and his own concerns. The hero's loyalty, as we have seen, is really to himself to impressing himself with himself and to impressing others. And the differences between those two, the reasons why you're doing things, can really help you understand which one of the archetypes that you are channeling whenever you go out to take action in the world. It's important to note that we are just talking about warrior energy as mentioned on the last episode, which if you have not heard it, please go back and listen to it, that once the warrior, magician, and the lover come online in their fullness, you get this sort of amalgamation of them where the, the best parts of each of them are sort of accessed through the king archetype, which we discussed on last week's episode. Uh, we're just talking about warrior characteristics here. So if they seem a little cold, 
or not as uh, social or personable as some of the things from the king we talked about. Uh, that's because this is just one particular slice of a way of being, and it's just what the warrior does. Another one from the book here, the warrior is often a destroyer, but the positive warrior energy destroys only what needs to be destroyed in order for something new and fresh, more alive and more virtuous to appear. Many things in our world need destroying, corruption, tyranny, oppression, injustice, obsolete and despotic systems of government, corporate hierarchies that get in the way of the company's performance, unfulfilling lifestyles and job situations, bad marriages, and in the very act of destroying, often the warrior energy is building a new civilization, new commercial, artistic, and spiritual ventures for humankind, and new relationships. Now, it's important to note, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish off with this before we get into the shadow aspect of the warrior, is that the warrior energy needs to be mixed and intermingled and sort of uh, softened by other archetypal energies uh, that we'll talk about. Because the warrior on its own is detached and detachment tends to lead to cruelty like so for example when the warrior is connected with the king the man accessing these powers is consciously stewarding the realm and his decisive actions clarity of thinking discipline and courage are in fact creative and generative not destructive when the warrior is connected with the magician archetype which is we'll get to uh, later on in this series is what enables a man to achieve such mastery and control over himself and his weapons, aka whatever tools or skills that you need to accomplish your tasks and the goals that you set for yourself, it is what allows him to channel and direct power to accomplish his goals. Um, and then mixing with the lover energy gives the warrior a sense of compassion and connectedness to all things. Given that the lover archetype, if you couldn't tell by the name itself, is about uh, coming back to and being able to connect with others, with nature, and ourselves. It's also why uh, many cultures had warrior poets, right? Where a dude would be off fighting, bodying people in the day, and then he would go home and write poems or, uh, you know, tend to gardens and things at nights to soften himself uh, so he could interact in the world, basically, as a human being. Because it's, uh, it's good to devote yourself to a task, to being the best that you could be at work, but uh, if you're too detached, from the emotions of basically yourself and others around you, you're going to end up with problems in your, in your relationships. Like when you are engaged at work, you need to come home and be engaged in your relationship. If you leave her by herself with uh, no attention, I wouldn't be surprised if she steps out. And this is also why uh, you'll have dudes step out as well uh, when they're working because they're not really connected to their relationship. They don't feel anything about it. It's sort of an extension of them but not uh, something that they love and cherish and really enriches a section of their life. They don't, they don't feel that connection. What you have is like, oh, well, you know, I'm attracted to women and I have a woman at home, uh, but I could do whatever I want outside of here because you don't really care that much about it. I'm not passing any judgment on anybody here, right? Shit happens in life, but the, the source of relationship dissatisfaction and the actions that come out of that are usually a big disconnect between the man and the woman or the man and the man, whatever, or anybody and anybody in a romantic relationship. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time 
to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family. You may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L.com slash true, T-R-U-E-M-P podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, so let's get started with the Shadow Warrior. Uh, so you have the inactive and a passive pole. Um, and unfortunately, the majority of people with a bitch about masculine energy and toxic masculinity are dealing with uh, either the shadow poles of the warrior, the sadist and the masochist, or the shadow sides of the hero that we have discussed before. So the warrior energy is on its nature detached. And it's detached because you need a sort of separation from self uh, to really get certain things done. Like, why am I working towards this goal? But the problem becomes when you never learn how to re-engage uh, with people in an emotional manner, right? Like sometimes you have to turn that crappy shit off and get things done. But there are times when the emotions need to come back. Someone who is detached from their emotions all the time barely care, cares about themselves. And frankly, they don't let themselves feel because they think it may hurt too much in one way or another. But if they don't care about themselves, you could be damn sure that they don't care about you. And it's the very act of not carrying the detached nature that allows people to do whatever they want to somebody else. Because it doesn't matter. You're not going to feel bad. You're just uh, acting out of whatever feels good at the time or whatever impulse you want to follow. The book references a movie called The Great Santini. And in this movie, you have a Marine fighter pilot who runs his family like a mini uh, Marine Corps instead of as an actual family uh, directly from the book here the great santini under the power of the saddest constantly has his emotional sword out swinging at everyone his daughters who need to be treated like girls not marines his oldest son who needs his guidance and nurturing and even his wife as we continue with the book here although detachment itself is not necessarily bad as we've said it does it does leave the door open to the demon of cruelty because he is so vulnerable in this area of relatedness, the man under the influence of the warrior needs urgently to have his mind and his feelings under control. Not repressed, but under control. Otherwise, cruelty will sneak in the back door when he's not looking. So there are two, two kinds of cruelty. Cruelty without passion and cruelty with passion. They give two examples in the book uh, with the cruelty without passion, uh, one of which is the way that they would train Nazi SS officers is that they would give them puppies uh, to love and to care for. And then at some point they were ordered to kill these animals um, and those who couldn't do it were obviously punished. Uh, the second example they use is Darth Vader. Darth Vader in Star Wars gives zero fucks about anything. 
He follows whatever orders are given to him. And while he has cool powers, uh, the way he acts towards other people is not something that should be emulated. So on the passionate type of cruelty front, they just bring in some examples of people entering sort of bloodlust and war and firing on uh, innocents either in movies or in actuality, frankly. The type of uh, sadistic enjoyment that soldiers were said to get out of, let's say, the rape of Nanking or any of the other countless atrocities that humans have done to each other across history uh, where instead of dealing with other warriors, you're slaughtering women and children, old men who had nothing to do with the battle itself. Civilians. Along with this passion for destruction and cruelty goes a hatred of the weak, of the helpless, and vulnerable. Instead of seeing them as people to be shepherded, to be guided, uh, which is what you get with the king energy combined with the warrior, that uh, willingness to enforce boundaries and do things for the good of people. You instead see them as slaves, basically. Those who cannot stand up to your might should do what you tell them to do or suffer the consequences of your wrath. All right, quote from the book, it may seem at first unlikely, but the sadistic warrior's cruelty is directly related to what is wrong with the hero energy. There are similarities between the shadow warrior and the hero. The shadow warrior carries into adulthood the adolescent insecurity, violent emotionalism, and the desperation of the hero in the shadow pose as he seeks to make a stand against the overwhelming power of the feminine, which always tends to evoke the masochistic or cowardly pole of the hero's dysfunctional shadow. The man under the influence of the shadow warrior's bipolarity, unsure of his legitimate phallic power, is still battling against what he experiences as the inordinately powerful feminine and against everything supposedly soft and relational. Even in adulthood, he still feels terrified that he will be swallowed up by it. His desperate fear of this leads him to brutality. My language of that is basically the man who fears himself to look soft or weak uh, or a bitch overcorrects in the way opposite direction and is just hyper aggressive for uh for no reason right out of that fear of looking like a bitch and sadly this type of bad behavior is what uh the mainstream media um identifies with the proper masculine and is why you have all this anti-man rhetoric that you encounter um sadly we don't have to look that far for people doing shitty stuff like this uh some examples from the book um, looks like when a boss puts people down, harasses, unjustly fires, or in many other ways mistreats his subordinates, people are living in this type of energy. If you work so much that you don't uh, give yourself a break, that nothing you do is ever good enough, and that hurts me to say because a lot of times I feel this way, you have to allow some compassion for yourself. Uh, there is always going to be more work to do tomorrow uh you need to be able to objectively look at what you've accomplished and if it's good you know pat yourself on the back you don't need to celebrate it for years and years before going on and do something else but know that you have done something and acknowledge the fact that you have done something uh otherwise you just get burnt out and the whole thing feels fucking pointless you can't run at a hundred miles per hour forever and even if you could you neglect so much of the other parts of your life because you are working 24-7 that although your career may be good, and this is assuming that you're even able to handle this because people who are overworked tend to be poor performers, 
but your relationships and everything else will suffer. From the book, if you have to admit to yourself that you really don't take care of yourself, that you don't care for your mental and physical well-being, then very probably the shadow warrior has got you. I mean, how many stories have you heard about the top salesperson who goes off the rails after a long string of high performance because they never give themselves a break? Any area that you tend to be uh, compulsive, that you have a lot of compulsive behaviors in, uh, you're going to want to be wary of and uh, make sure that you're not overdoing it. In fact, uh, from the book here, any profession that puts a great deal of pressure on a person to perform at his best all the time leaves us vulnerable to the shadow system of the warrior. If we are not secure enough in our own inner structure, we will rely on our performance in the outer world to bolster our self-confidence. And because the need for this bolstering is so great, our behavior will gravitate towards the compulsive. The man who becomes obsessed with succeeding has already failed. He is desperately trying to repress the masochist within him, yet he is desperately displaying masochistic and self-punishing behaviors. So we spend a lot of time in the active pole, the saddest, right? Because that's the part that unfortunately inflicts its, uh, its violence upon others. Now the masochist is the passive pole of the warrior's shadow, the pushover or the whip puppy that lies just beneath the saddest rageful displays. Now uh, being afraid of the coward within us all is, what the, is how the book puts it, is important. You need to do things, take risks, adventure into the unknown, because otherwise you'll never get anything done. But it needs to be modulated properly. Directly from the book here, the man possessed by the masochist is unable to defend himself psychologically. He allows others and himself to push him around to exceed the limits of what he can tolerate and still keep his self-respect, not to mention his psychological and physical health. If we are under the power of the masochist, we will take uh, far too much abuse for far too long and then explode in a sadistic outburst of verbal and physical violence. This kind of oscillation between the active and passive poles of archetypal shadows is characteristics of these dysfunctional systems. In summary, if we are possessed by the active pole of the warrior shadow, we will experience him in his sadistic form. We will abuse ourselves and others. If we feel that we are not in touch with the warrior, however, we will be possessed by his passive pole. We will be cowardly masochist. We will dream, but not be able to act decisively to make our dreams come true. We will lack vigor and be depressed. We will lack the capacity to endure the pain necessary for the accomplishment of any worthwhile goal. And because all of us have had, uh, you know, some form of stunted development as children in one way or another, because no parent is perfect, as we do with all of the archetypes described in this book, we need to ask ourselves not if we are possessed by one or both poles of their shadow systems, but in what ways we are failing to access properly the masculine energy potential available to us. If we are accessing the warrior appropriately, we will be energetic, decisive, courageous, enduring, persevering, and loyal to some greater good beyond our own personal gain. And with that, we come to the end on the warrior uh, spent a little more time here than I thought I was going to up front, but because people misuse and abuse and don't understand this type of energy, wanted to spend a little bit more time on it. Because the proper use of force is the only way you're going to achieve your goals and get anything done. Um, and I like these type of more heady concept episodes because they make the other skill-related episodes easier, right? 
Um, at first, you have to sort of fake it till you make it. You have to learn how to speak to people, learn how to present yourself in a way that doesn't cause the people that you want to be around to just write you off wholesale because you look like a bum, but you're trying to sell them something, for instance, or you look like trash and you're trying to pick a girl up with a bunch of stains on your shirt. But that only goes so far in covering up what is actually going on with you. And it's the proper combination of mindsets and skills and way of acting in the world that are really going to get you to where you want to go. So I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.